coming up this week, we got the All-Star Starters announcement. Why Biden nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court matters. New music from Benny the Butcher and J. Cole. And Kevin Gates and the mental health of the black man. We'll get into all of this and more. So stop what you're doing. You are now tuned in to The Large Picture. Let's go. Peace, peace. Thank you and welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Large Picture with Javon Berry. Do me a favor and give yourself a round of applause. Yes. Yes. But I'm just trying to give you The Large Picture. Here at The Large Picture, we aim to be a weekly show uh, to provide you with good information in a era of misinformation, right? Uh, we touch on everything, uh, hoops, hip-hop, politics, uh, culturally relevant events, any other thing. We, we kind of like a one-stop shop. Uh, something, like I said, we were going to be putting out weekly, so I just appreciate every listener, every eye that's viewing, every ear that's listening. Uh, thank you for your support as we continue to grow, and we uh, got some good ideas, and we... Uh, Trying to do some real dope and amazing stuff. So without further ado, uh, let's jump into um, our first topic, which will be the all-star starters. Um, any snubs or anything like that. So uh, I got the list right here in front of me. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, the all-star starters are as follows. Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, and DeMar DeRozan. And over in the West, uh, you got LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, and third-year phenom, John Morant. Uh, let's start in the East. Um, first and foremost, uh, obviously everybody's deserving of a slot, right? These are uh, the elite-level players, the hierarchy of, of the league. Everybody is deserving of a slot. But we can nitpick. Um, we can pick and choose exactly uh, – <laughs> exactly what we think is good or who should be where. Um, so we're going we to start in the East. Uh, first and foremost for me, uh, the first thing I want to see is who's going to replace KD. Obviously, KD is out with an injury. Um, is already slated that he won't be in the All-Star game. Obviously, he was announced as a starter. He got voted. Um, it's all kind of contractual stuff that goes along with that. So even though we know he's not going to be playing, Excuse me. Um, even though we know he's not going to be playing, there are you know some ramifications to him being nominated, salary stuff, endorsement stuff, and you know he he is nominated. I'm just interested to see who's going to replace him in that spot. But I digress. Um, if I had one issue with this list, I would say I would have chosen Zach Levine over Trey Young at the other guard spot. Um, solely because 
I, th- I think the Hawks are like the 11th or 12th seed right now. I know Trey puts up great numbers, but they've been a bit of, bit of a disappointment. We've seen what they did last year, um, and we thought that they would build upon that. But now it looks like they're, you know, they're scrambling to to get pieces to try to make some changes, and their their record doesn't really reflect how I view them overall as a team, right? How most people view them. It's been a bit of a disappointment. Now I know this is um, the starter is fifty percent fan vote. Trey's box office folks love Trey. They love seeing him. They seen what he did in the Garden in the playoffs last year. Uh, folks, you know, fans are gonna vote for him. He's fun to watch. So I understand why he's there. But man, Zach, Zach, uh, Zach Levine definitely earns that uh, second starter spot with me. So if it was up to me, you would see uh, DeRozan, Zach Levine, Joel Embiid, Giannis, and KD. But hey, no gripe here. I'm a Trey fan. I just don't think the record reflects not only All Star nomination, but definitely not All Star starter nomination. <coughs> um, in the West. You got LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, Steph Curry, and John Morant. Um, a lot of people are upset with Wiggs. I, I guess I can see that. He's not a traditional all-star starter or whatever. So I guess I could I could see why people would be upset. Um, but, you know, you got to look at it in positions. The league allows a certain amount of players per position for the all-star game. Wiggs is listed as a forward. It's not too many forwards forwards uh, in the Western Conference that have performed better than him when you compile the the record that his team has, the level of success they had. It's not too many forwards that have performed better than him. Uh, if Paul George didn't get hurt, <coughs> that slot would be his, without question. Um, hell, if Zion performed like he did before he got hurt, the slot probably would have been, you know, he would have been, been up there. Um, but, you know, you got injuries, you got positions, it's a little bit of politics, so I understand why Wiggs is there. You could have made a case for Draymond. Um, Draymond's missed a few games. He's obviously still eligible, but you could have made a case for him. Um, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not too upset about Wiggs getting that. Uh, good for him. He's putting up a lot of career highs, um, <clears throat> and he's finally flourishing into somewhat of the player that we thought he could be over there in Golden State. So that's fun to see. Not too upset about that. Like I said, if Paul George was healthy, that slot probably would have been his. Interesting note, though, out of the Western and Eastern Conference team, the two teams that lead both conference, neither have uh, none of them have all-star starters. Phoenix Suns, Miami Heat. Um, now, again, I understand why. Chris Paul is my guy. If you know me, then you know CP is my guy. Um but I understand why him and Book wouldn't be there. As much as I love Chris Paul, as much as I think Devin Booker is the man, because he is the man, are they both are they both picking them over Steph and Ja? Especially with the, you know, Steph is Steph. Steph gonna get the vote. Steph, Steph, Steph is Steph. But then you see what Ja's doing in his third season, right? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous what we're seeing him do. So I understand why those guys there. Now, let's switch to the Eastern Conference. Let's go holler at the uh, Miami Heat. Those guys have missed – a lot of the key guys have missed a significant amount of time. Jimmy's missed some time. Bam has missed some time. So, I don't expect for them to uh, to get those those calls. They just missed a little bit of time. So, 
but I do respect I do expect uh both guys from both of them teams to make up the reserves uh from from somehow whether it's one to two player per team we will see them on the reserve side so it's going to be an interesting uh interesting um thing to see I think the reserves come out next week so we'll talk about that next episode see if any snubs there it's always interesting to see that uh, but yeah I'm not it should be it should be a good game so it looks like uh Bron and KD are picking the teams again Bron's been a hell of a GM. KD, KD's been a good GM. I'm glad it's not Giannis. I am glad it's not Giannis. I love, you know, Giannis's game, but when he be picking sometimes, I'd be like, Giannis, Jesus Christ, bro. What are you, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, it is, I understand he went, like, all international or whatever. Next. So just, 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 just pick, please. Please. You ain't got to get too fancy. You know, just, just, just pick. So, KD's going to get in his GM bag. You already know Bron's going to be in his GM bag. He might make some trades, make some. Make some swaps. It was real cool to see Bron and Steph play on the same team. Hopefully, we get to see that again. I think I think that's kind of fly. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited uh, about that. About the All Star game. Uh, let me know uh, who you think should made it. If anybody got snubbed, if you're not feeling any picks, you know, just let me know in the comments or whatever. You know, holler at me. Um. Another point that I wanted to get into was the pick for MVP this year. Uh, it's a tight race. We've seen. A lot of up and down, a lot of up and down. Beginning of the season, first quarter of the season, it, I think it was Steph's award to lose. He was playing out of his mind, phenomenal Golden State record was phenomenal. We, it, people was like, uh, gift wrap, you know, throw a bow on it. Steph getting that third MVP. But now, you know, it's kind of coming a little back down. You know, he's he's not playing out of this world. And li- listen, this has happened. This is presidents for this. One thing that I hate as an NBA fan, people try to, you know, one one minute you're the man, the next minute they they, they just hate you, right? And they're doing this to Steph because Steph is in a shooting slump right now, and he is. He is in a shooting slump right now. But there's presidents for that. Um, I think uh, when Shaq, when Shaq went to, uh, went to go win MVP in like 03 or 04. One of those years. Oh no no. Maybe it was uh maybe it was 02. And he came out as like a strong favorite, killing like the first quarter of the season. Dominating. Is it was like his award to lose. And then he had a like a eight or nine game stretch where he averaged like sixteen and eight or whatever. And it, you know, it brought it kind of back down to reality. It kind of made made way for I think Tim Duncan might have won it that year. I think Tim Duncan might have won it that year. So you know we see things like this happen. I just don't like how everybody was loving Steph the first quarter of the season. Not like oh you know is he top foul? He a bomb? Is whatever the casual basketball fan? You already know how that stuff go. But um, for my MVP right now, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. For me, it's looking like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been out of his mind. Nikola Jokic, too. John Morant, too. They're my three. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, John Morant. And you, you can put whatever order. Those are the three lit, um, three leading candidates at this time. This is a fluid thing. It can change. I'm not locking it in. But for right now, barring injuries or extreme setbacks, slumps, or whatever, I think Joel Embiid is the guy. This tear that he's been on has been phenomenal. 
Uh, you already know the turmoil that's going on with their team with their second quote-unquote star, Ben Simmons, him not wanting to play there, uh, him not even wanting to show up. All the turmoil and stuff that they've been going through, folks in and out with injury. And B is hooping. He's looking like a like a throwback center, right? Like somebody just, give me the ball down low. Let me do my thing. He, he's looking like that guy. And he's punishing folks on the block. Footwork's looking nasty. Passing looking good. Jokic, I can't say I can't say anything bad about Jokic. Man is a walking double double. Damn near walking triple double. Um, court vision out of this world. But for me, the thing that separates him and Embiid is the defensive end. Jokic may be a better overall playmaker. Joel Embiid is is a over uh, um, is an underrated passer for his position. He's not the passer that Jokic is. But defensively, Joel Embiid, he will take it to you offensively, and he will guard you defensively and lock you down. That's the difference for me, and that's what I look for in my MVP. So as of right now, I have Joel Embiid uh, one. I want to say Jokic too, but that, but this young boy, John Morant, Jesus Christ. We talking about Derrick Rose reincarnated or what? Is he is he is he is he Iverson with with supreme athleticism or what? This this kid is just amazing to watch. I thoroughly enjoy watching him, and I knew he was going to be a problem when he came into the league. Did not think he was going to be this good this fast. Some of the passes this boy makes, some of the some of the dunks he makes, it's just just the relentless the the, the grit the. The, the, the jerky lateral movements, the way that he finds lanes to get to the basket. I'm just watching this this kid in amazement. Derrick Rose is one of my all-time favorite players, all-time favorite players. So to see someone who reminds me so much of him and his prime is just a treat, bro. It's just a treat. So big praise to them. I got Joel Embiid up uh, in, in the MVP rating right now. Jokic, John Morant, not far behind him. It's going to be an exciting race. Can't wait to see how that shapes out. <sighs> Can we talk about um, something not, not as, not as exciting? Something not as positive. Let's say that. Can we talk about that? If you know me, <laughs> if you know me. You know I'm a big Lakers fan. I'm Lake Show baby. I, I've I've been a Lakers fan since since I started taking basketball seriously, probably at the age of nine, eight, nine, and I ran into a goat by the name of uh, Kobe Bean Bryant. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Kobe. Uh, the two year anniversary of his passing just just happened. R.I.P. to him and his daughter Gianni. And uh, everyone else uh, who lost their lives in that terrible accident, um, but I came across who would be my generation's Michael Jordan, right? Kobe Bryant, relentless, tough, braggadocious, swagger, killer on the court, right? Fell in love with the Lakers. Been a Lakers fan ever since. Even Kobe, even though Kobe's not there through the sucky teams, whatever. Been a Lakers fan. Right? <sighs> My Lakers ain't been looking that good this year, man. 
My Lakers have not been looking that good this year. I'm uh, going to pull it up right now so we can talk specifics. Uh, but my Lakers, my Lakers have not uh, not been performing to the level that I would have liked, as most people would have liked. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. We got a lot of basketball left. But I'm here to discuss how much trouble the Lakers might be in. So as I record this, my Lakers have lost two in a row. They sit below 500 at 24 and 26. And they are the ninth seed in the Western Conference. Dun, dun, dun. That means they will be a play-in team if playoffs started today. <sighs> it's a lot long. It's a lot wrong with this Lakers situation, ladies and gentlemen. It is a whole lot wrong with this Lakers situation. So I'm going to attempt to break it down for everybody. <sighs> I don't even know where to start. Well, Let's start with how the team was constructed, right? Bring LeBron James over, your big free agent. Luke Walton was your coach. You instantly go into a coaching search, right? So I, I want to preface this by saying I don't feel sorry for the Lakers because they've they've somehow put themselves in this crazy position. This, this is like all – self-inflicted wounds, right? It's just like it's like they 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 stab themselves in the arm and are angry about it. No, this this is all stuff you did. So you bring LeBron James over, right? Magic Johnson goes to his house. Robin Lincoln goes to his house. We have to make sure LeBron signs here. We have to make sure he's a Laker. If we have him, we have a chance to win a championship. Cool. First thing you do, go on a coaching search. You get rid of Luke Walton. Luke thought he was going to be the guy to coach a young team. LeBron said he wants to come. You go in a different direction. Understand it perfectly. Who are you going to hire as head coach? Now, this is why I get frustrated as a fan. You could have hired Tyron Lue. Everybody know how T. Lue get down. Western Conference Finals won a championship with Bron. Western Conference Finals last year with uh, an overachieving roster. Paul George was, at, was there. Kawhi Leonard was hurt. You could have had Ty Lue. Knows how to win with Bron. Uh, just a winner all around. Good player motivator. Good locker room coach. You could have had him. Passed up on him because you wanted to pick his coaching staff. It's weird to me. Because you could have had a great coach to build a coach. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what coach is. But you could have had a great coach. Passed up on him. No big. Another brilliant young mind. The number one team in the Western Conference, Monty Williams. You could have had him. He was going. This is why I really started to get frustrated. Monty didn't sign. Why? Because you wanted to pick his coaching staff. Why? Give your coach the autonomy to, to, to get his own staff. This is how we rock. And the thing that's frustrating as much to me is you have LeBron. Your plan was to get Anthony Davis. Still needed a point guard. If you sign Monty Williams as your head coach, there's a good chance you can convince Chris Paul. Chris Paul loves Monty Williams. Loves Monty Williams. Loves LeBron James. <laughs> 
But there's a good chance that you can convince Chris Paul to come play point guard for you. Because of Monty. Because of Monty Williams. Strike two, Lakers. Could have had Tyron Lue. Could have had Monty Williams. You wanted to go with Jason Kidd, who's been performing well as of late. Uh, last 10 games, his man was a 7-3, one of the top defenses in the league in that stretch, starting to figure it out with Luka. Jason Kidd, you know, he had his had his uh, claims of abuse back in the 90s, so the Lakers kind of steered away from that. But that that was supposed to be a guy. He was on the on the bench behind Vogel, and I remember the thing being Vogel, uh, Jason Kidd would kind of be waiting as a specter. Vogel messed up a little bit or whatever. Kind of like that um, Stan Van Gundy, Pat Riley situation in Miami when D-Wade and Shaq won their first championship. You had to call Pat Riley down for the top. That's how they were viewing Jason Kidd in L.A. at the time. So, you know, no biggie, whatever. You choose to go with Frank Vogel. Eh, okay, he's a good coach. I personally like him. He's a defensive guy. Um, offensively, he's always been a bit challenged. We've seen that in Indiana. We've seen that in Orlando. Always been a bit challenged offensively, but you figure, I got LeBron James. He'll be the extension of the coach on the floor. There's not many more brilliant offensive minds than this guy. We should be good, right? Win the championship in the bubble. So, I already told you two mistakes they made with the coaches, right? Then, Talk about personnel. Now, before all this stuff panned out, you had a chance to go get Paul George. Paul George said, I want to be a Laker. Magic and Palenka was a little arrogant. No, we're not trading for him. We're gonna, we gonna we just going to sign him in free agency. Heard Paul George's feelings a bit. He didn't feel he was a priority. He's off to Oklahoma City. He's gone. Would have been a great coach, would have been a great piece to put next to LeBron. Great piece to put next to LeBron. Exactly what you're looking for. Wing defender, can score the ball, shoot the three, play make for you, take some pressure off LeBron. Would have been great. Didn't make him a priority. Another strike. That's like three strikes. DeMar DeRozan wanted to come to L.A. You see what he's doing now? Wanted to come to the Lakers. Passed up on him. Right? He ain't signed him. He let Alex Caruso go. Who's playing great in Chicago, by the way. Look at all these strikes is adding them. I'm up to like five now, something like that. You let Caruso go. You didn't want to bother with DeRozan. You didn't think Paul George was as much as a priority two years ago, two years prior. <sighs> you have a chance to trade for Buddy Hill. And I've been looking at Palinka for this to a recent report that came out. They had a chance to trade for Buddy Hill. Would have saved you cap space, would have gave you shooting. You know what I mean? Created spacing. Maybe allowed Braun not to have to play the four. You know, to play that spacing. You you pass up on that, and you sign Russell Westbrook. You trade for Russell Westbrook. He's making like $44 million a year. So now you locked in cap-wise, right? And maybe. Brian and AD was like, we can work with Russ. Maybe they thought they was going to get that second half after all-star break of Russ. Because Russ still got game in him. I don't think he's the right person for this system. 
for this team, at least not right now. But he he he, he has the game in him. But damn, man, you could have signed Buddy Hill. You could have brought in DeMar. You could have kept Caruso. Paul George, the coaches. So no, I I don't I'm I'm not I'm not uh I don't feel sorry for the Lakers at all, man. Yes, they're my team. But I don't I don't I'm not come on man. You're doing this to yourself. You are doing this to yourself. So now we're in this hole. Russ turning the ball over like crazy. AD in and out injuries. Brian in year 19 play. Listen, man, there's no reason. LeBron James in year 19 should be playing center for you to space the floor for Russell Westbrook, who can't shoot a lick. Why is my year 19 superstar playing center for me? It don't make no sense. doesn't make a lick of sense, but that's what they have to do to play them on the floor together because Russ is so bad at shooting. You can't play LeBron on the wing because – if you play Dwight Howard, you're clogging up the lane. How's Russ going to slash and, and get those layups and those dunks? You can't. It's spacing. Team's going to back up off him. Let him shoot. You seen in the bubble. You seen in the bubble when he was with the Rockets and he playing against the Lakers. So much space. Let him shoot. Because he can't shoot. So I don't, I don't know if the Lakers kind of overreacted. When Brooklyn got James Harden, it was like, oh, we got to get our big three. They got a big three. We got to get a big three. We got to make a splash. I don't know if they overreacted. I'm not sure what the hell happened. But God damn, man, this Russell Westbrook move has not, has not provided what I thought it would provide. Buddy Hill would have been a greater fit. Wouldn't have answered all the problems. You still would have had defensive issues, especially if Anthony Davis was hurt. But it damn sure would have answered that spacing issue. And that's a big piece. So, are the Lakers in trouble? Yeah. If you if you're sitting at the ninth seed right now, you're trying to get all all you're trying to get everybody healthy. It's, it's, it's a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm like a seven out of ten on the panic meter as a Laker fan. It's tough, man. I cry myself to sleep at night any anytime after a bad loss. No, I'm joking. But I just I just want them to get it together. I have not given up all hope. I'm hoping everybody gets healthy and they find some kind of groove and just be ready to rock and roll by the playoffs. I'm looking for interest in basketball. I do not know if they can win the West. Golden State is a monster. Phoenix is a monster. Memphis is a monster. It's, it's, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be absolutely tough. I'm not sure if they can do it. Hope they can, but we'll see. Near and dear to my heart, man. It's start watching this. On to other things. Uh, President Biden has again affirmed his campaign promise of nominating a black woman to be the uh, to the Supreme Court will be the first African American black woman to the Supreme Court. And uh, the president said this. But let me say a few words about the critically important work of selecting his successor. Choosing someone to sit in the Supreme Court, I believe, is one of the most serious constitutional responsibility a president has. Our process is going to be rigorous. I will select a nominee 
worthy of Justice Breyer's legacy of excellence and decency. While I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings, I've made no decision except one. The person I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. So Biden has, like I said, reaffirmed his campaign promise to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. I think that's fly. I, 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 th- I think it's needed. Uh, I think it's dope. Um, and we're going to get into a bit of the perception of things, the reality of things, why that's important for representation. Can, I mean, can you, can you just imagine little black girls everywhere in America seeing uh, a black woman on the highest office for a judge in the land? She's there. It's, 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 it's far overdue. It's extremely, it's extremely long overdue. It's far overdue. And I know Biden approval, Biden's approval rating is down, and some part for, for good reason. Um, he is not as progressive as I would like him to be, as, as I would need him to be. He's not as progressive. Um, he, he, you know, he's made a, a few blunders, but, you know, where we are dealing with uh, a pandemic, right, and everything that comes with that. Uh, I'm sure this has not been easy by no stretch of the imagination. But one thing that's real important to me, one thing that I want to touch on is the way the media paints Democrats and Republicans as one and the same on these type of issues. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here to tell you tonight, they are not. Not like this. There's only one I, There's only one candidate I've seen in my lifetime that got elected and the Ku Klux Klan cheered in the streets openly. We got our guy. You, you heard what David Duke said. David Duke, former uh, Grand Wizard of the KKK, um, that uh, the subject of the movie with uh, 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 John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son, Black Klansman, the Spike, Spike Lee movie. The guy that he was talking to, real real life person, uh, played by uh, Topher Grace, by the way, um, David Duke. Real life Ku Klux Klan grand wizard. When Donald Trump got elected, the man celebrated. He said, we got one. We got one of ours in there. That's what he said. It's not the same. It's not the same. So I know Biden is, has made some gaffes, right? I know he's not the most popular. And there's a lot he can do better. But for the record, for the record, I am confident in his ability to place the right people in the right position. So for what it's worth, Biden has had probably the most diverse appointment of judges of any president in U.S. history. Why is that important? Well, you will want your judges to look like the country. See, before Thurgood Marshall, every judge appointed to the bench 
It's a white man. Every judge. That means before Thurgood Marshall, every judge, every major decision that came from a legislative um, standpoint, if, if it got kicked up to uh, the judicial part of things, the country was decided by white men. Let's, let's, let's simplify it that way. Every major decision that got kicked up to the Supreme Court decided by white men. Well, that's not how the country works, right? There are different groups, different different people, different walks of life. Everything isn't all white men. So when you hear the pushback of what I just played about uh, the current president, Joe Biden, reaffirming, I want a black woman on that bench. I believe him. And do you know why? Because I'm going to read uh, an NPR article. Biden's nominees include the first openly LGBTQ woman to sit on a federal's appeal court, Beth Robinson of Vermont, the first Muslim American to be a judge, I hope I pronounced his uh, name right, Zahid Kurashi of New Jersey, and Biden has also named more black women to circus court, circuit courts, many of them former public defenders. That's important. That's very important than any other president. More black women to circuit courts, many of them former public defenders, than any other president. Now, you know, folks can't afford lawyers. Cases come up, they throw you a public defender. May or may not be the best. May end up going to jail because you can't afford a good lawyer. So to appoint women who know that system, worked in that system, want to make a change, now they're judges. Now they're at the top that can probably make the most change. That's applause-worthy. That's applause-worthy. I am confident that he will get a black woman on the bench. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about black women having a voice to make change in the country. Long, long, long overdue. And I hope... Uh, that we don't get any roadblocks in the Senate, in the House, because of this. Because Biden likes to move like a bipartisan president and get everyone from both sides of the aisle. And some of these people just ain't playing fair, man. Some of these people just ain't playing fair. <sighs> to get the right people in positions of power, We got to vote, right? They tell us, hey, man, your vote don't matter. Your votes don't matter. Your votes don't matter. Think about this. You remember that $300 that folks was getting for their kids every month per kid, $300 per kid, right? That was said to <sighs> cut the child poverty rate in half because somebody signed, somebody voted, and sign something in the law. I want you to really think about this. That money that the government decided to get people was said to cut the child poverty weight, the child poverty rate in half. So when I seen that, when I when I read that, when I heard about that, when I researched that, first thing came to my mind, you know what it was? Well, why don't they sign legislation to completely eliminate childhood poverty? 
that's bad, right? Is no 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 kid should should be in poverty. No kid should be going hungry or without clothes, without proper school books, with, without any of those essentials that a certain other community has, right? No, no kid should should be having that. No kid should have that problem. It's unfair. It's completely unfair. And because a certain amount of people voted on something and you signed it in the law with a pen, you cut it in half. That tells me you have the ability to get rid of it completely. Why isn't that done yet? It's because we don't have the right people in. We vote for the right people. We get rid of that completely. We get rid of homelessness completely. It's military vets on the street. Do y'all hear me? It is military vets on the street right now. That we can... Change, we can change this. We can we can get folks help. Hey, folks are getting bankrupted by hospital bills, bro. We can change that. All it takes is the right people in there. Childcare, man. We just had a baby boy. I know how much childcare costs every week. It's wiping some folks out. We can change that. By having the right people in line and signing the right laws. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you your vote don't matter. Why vote? You don't get what I'm looking for. No, dog. It's a trap. You know why? These Republicans not telling their kids votes don't matter. This wealthy elite, they not telling their kids votes don't matter. No, they know from when they're young. Hey, man, whatever you do, get out there and vote because that's how this country moves. And we're moving like we're the last to the party, like we're the last to know. We can't, we're moving like we can't organize, can't be strategic, can't find ways. I'm not saying Joe Biden is the answer because he's not. He's not. I voted for Bernie Sanders twice. He just didn't get there. But in a perfect world, you would have someone more progressive who gives a damn about kids, who gives a damn about vets, who gives a damn about uh, uh, middle-class working Americans who are trying to just stay out of living paycheck to paycheck, who gives a damn about how much college costs, who gives a damn about the minimum wage. You would want that in a president. I don't see how you could, how you couldn't want that. You would want someone who's fighting for you. You'll want, not, not just a president, you'll want a government that's fighting for you, not bickering with each other over legislation. I watched the former president get $1.2 trillion in tax breaks given to the wealthiest people in this country. That's money you can't even fathom. $1.2 trillion. You ain't got to pay them taxes. You ain't got to pay them. Do you know what the hell we can do with that money? Child care. Child poverty, homelessness, college, health care. Jesus Christ, what are we doing? We don't have the right people in position. That's why your vote matters. I'm going to wrap it up with this. i wrap it up with this. Folks will tell you your vote don't matter. Do me a favor, if you care enough to, do a quick Google search on how much money is spent 
on the U.S. presidential election. That tells you everything you need to know. Because one thing we know for sure, one thing for certain, the powerful people in this country love their money. They will do whatever to keep it. They will do whatever to hoard it. I find a tax loophole. I'll stash it somewhere else. I'll put it in stocks where I ain't got to pay for taxes right now. Whatever you got to do, they will find ways to hold on to their money. So if money is that important, why are you dumping so much? And we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even billions each election cycle. Why are you dumping so much into something that doesn't matter? It's not logical, right? It obviously matters. There's nothing that you spend that much money on to say it doesn't matter. If something costs a billion dollars, you don't say it doesn't matter. If something costs a hundred million dollars, you don't say it doesn't matter. It obviously matters. Your vote matters. Now, do we have to get creative about who we vote for? What we want? Absolutely. But to say your vote don't matter is a lot that's been told for generation, generation, generation to keep people that look like me out of voting lines. There's already restrictive voting measures being passed. Countries with, sorry, cities with 4 million plus people. One place to drop ballot box. One ballot box in the county with 4 million plus people in Texas. All over the place. Restrictive voting laws everywhere. It's only one example. Your vote matters. They don't want you to vote. For whatever reason, because if you vote, they have to honor it. And we're going to be touching on that a lot. But I just want to begin with folks understanding that. Please. Politics is, politics is like math now. Or reading. If somebody, when somebody tells me they're not into politics, I almost look at it like they tell me they, they don't know how to count. Or they can't read. Because it's so vital. Unless you're like a, a athlete who's just gifted off of his athletic ability or some kind of music entertainer or something in the entertainment world, you, you, might, you, you might be able to breeze by and say, eh, whatever, I done got my millions. I don't really care about these elections or whatever. I think it's foolish, but you might be able to breeze by and say that. But if you're an average person, you working your nine to five, making you 60, 70, 80, 90, how, many, how much money you making a year? Oh, you absolutely should know what's going on politically because this affects you. They could change legislation that, that tells you how much you're getting taken out in taxes, how much your insurance is going to cost. All those little fees and stuff that start getting added up, you see what's happening with inflation. You see what's going on. You see how expensive stuff is now, right? There's ways, there's ways to combat, combat that legislatively, it's like when gas prices kept rising, 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 and Biden says, okay, we're going to tap into the reserve. We're not the gas prices down a little bit because we, we have reserve oil. That's stuff folks don't know that, 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 that can be done to combat, you know. It's all about who's in office. It's all about who's in office. So please, just, just... Just think about that. Think about the importance on that. We're, we're going to be diving into that so much. 
but I just want folks to know that politics should be viewed as fundamental as knowing how to read and knowing how to count. You have to know what's going on in your city, in your country politically. And if you're blind to that, you're blind to everything else. And you're liable to be controlled or at least go with the flow of whatever's going on. Educate yourself. Arm yourself. That's how it be. That's how it's absolutely going to be. So I hope uh, folks do a little bit of research going forward so we can have more discussions on it. Uh, I'd like to reiterate again, I don't believe Joe Biden has done the best job to his ability. He still can cancel student debt. He still can get other legislation passed. But he's not the former guy. And don't let these networks lie to you and say he's that guy. Klan's members are not cheering because Joe Biden is president. They're not storming the Capitol to celebrate Joe Biden being president. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's damn near night and day. I know they both old white men, but it's damn near night and day with policy and, and building upon what the country should look like and what the, how the country should move. Don't be fooled. Arm yourselves. Politics is as fundamental. And I'm just going to drive this point home as much as I can. Politics is as fundamental as knowing how to read and knowing how to count. You got me? Cool. Transition to something a little more, a little more uh, happy, man. We got some new music. From Benny the Butcher and J. Cole, man. Benny dropped uh, Project Johnny P's Caddy on J. Cole's birthday. Uh, happy belated to the GOAT J. Cole. Benny dropped the project. Um, and it, it was dope, man. It was, it was dope. Got a little teaser up in here. Let's, let's, uh, let's listen to it. Let's discuss and break it down. Here we go. The richest, more about how I mastered physics uh -huh. In a game I used to train like Rocky Catching chickens yeah. I was nice, but they was right when they told me that rapper finished I had right. ten bands in my stash when I passed over half a million Come easy, no good, don't be surprised I'll last these niggas okay. It's like they put out a smash, then they gone in a flash a minute And then they make tracks and distance like that's gonna add up the digits They showing fake racks and pictures like that's gonna attract the pictures mm. That was really me, nigga I ain't have to act and conflict it nah. Only difference is I like Benny, man Benny is 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 grimy. Benny is Benny Benny reminds me of old New York. He reminds me uh whole Griselda reminds me of the locks. It's just grimy. Keep going, keep going, keep going. I'm living, and I would have whacked one of them niggas who knew that after drug dealing, I still be casual, spending mil plus annual income. So here's my manual, then some. And this east side shit's stealing me, my ability to turn words to imagery. Probably the reason they gon' remember me. Figure we walk this tightrope with a feline's agility. The streets did so much shit to me, I could never live civilly. I could never leave a scene without checking my mirrors visually. <laughs> Come with that energy, cause some shit gon' always stick with me. They wanna know what I brought. 
talk to Griselda, I say validity. They asking what work that niggas put in. I'm like, but didn't we? Problems, then I correct through the obstacles I progress. Illogical for them to feel they responsible for our success. Besides Kanye West, tell me who else I gotta respect. Cause I'm kinda perplexed. It's about time that I got my respect. It's the butcher, nigga. Benny tough, man. Benny is tough. This next guy. This next guy is a fucking alien, man. Jesus Christ. Let's let it roll. Let's go. About time that I got my respect, it's the butcher, nigga. Hold on. Let's go, Jermaine. Griselda shit, you know what I mean? Griselda, Griselda. Turn this shit up, man. When I show up, big Jermaine, nigga. On ten, nigga. Not nine. On the night I was born, the rain was pouring. God was crying, lightning struck, power out. His sparks was flying. The real ones here. The young boy that walked with lions around the outlines of chalk where the corpse is lying. Of course I'm trying to revive a sport that's dying. But the guns and the drug bars that y'all are lying. Got these nerves thinking that you niggas hard as iron. But that just mean I ain't as comfortable as y'all with lying. Stretching the truth. No, I never stress in the booth. They feel the pressure me. I feel like I just left them a suit. The man said they feel the pressure. I feel like I just left the masseuse. You under pressure, man. This feel like a massage to me. Come on, Jermaine. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Effortless. How I'm skating on these records is proof. I put your favorite rapper neck in the noose. Never letting them loose. Cold world. The heat of blast to your speaker. He the last of Mohicans. No weakness. Last in my sneakers. Uh. Nigga want me on the song. He gonna see the wrath of the reaper. I'm probably gonna go to hell if Jesus asked for a feature. Oh, I'm my God. Oh. <laughs> Bro, the man said, I'm probably going to go to hell if Jesus asked for a feature. Are we? What are we listening to? If Jesus asked to get on the track with me, even he going to get this work. Come on, Jermaine. The niggas that don't need a bag full of reefer Some see the glass is empty I see a glass full of ether Collecting his bread and mass like he a Catholic preacher Just to count a nigga cash You might need a calculus teacher Eureka, Einstein on the brink of the theory of relativity Really no MC equal Feel me coping be lethal Crip like an old MTV show uh. On God, the best rapper alive, headshot Not going ass, the best rappers that died They tell you he never lied, nigga Talk. Ooh, Listen, man. That's hold on, hold on. Fire, baby. That shit was fire. Did you hear that verse? I I don't know why y'all keep playing with Jermaine. That's one. It's a few of out. Let me let me let me make sure I'm focused on the camera, right? There's a few of y'all out here. Let me let me make sure. Y'all know who y'all are. Them Jermaine haters. Huh? Them Jermaine haters. Bro, nah. I don't know who's rapping like this man right now. Who? Cold 
Cole might be the best rapper alive right now. You just said it. And whoever you want to say, because I know who everybody want to say, where's he at? I love that guy too. Where the fuck is he at? The man told me he was smoking on top five, and I ain't heard nothing else. And maybe he's getting ready for the Super Bowl. Maybe he got something epic in the works. But I'm talking about as far as performing, as of late, Jermaine, Cole is the guy. I'm seeing him get on tracks with reputable guys. Tam the Shreds, he got, he got with Royce. He got with Benny. These are the guys. These are some of the guys, right? Features galore. No matter if you throw him with J.I.D. or who you going to throw this guy with. Cole is the man. And no disrespect to Benny because I love Benny. But Benny, Benny is starting to remind me of Ross a little bit. With his cadence, he's staying in that same pocket. He's standing at, but you, you know what I mean? It's that same cadence. He gave it to me on Royce and, and Upside Down. That's, if, you, if you listen to this record, Johnny P's Caddy, and then go listen to Royce the 5'9's Upside Down, it's a similar cadence. Now, it's real. It's gritty. It hits. But you got to switch. That's, 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 that's part of being a great MC. Your lyrics can be top tier. Your storytelling can be top tier. That realness can be top tier. The fact that folks believe you is a skill within itself. There's only a few artists that you listen to. Like when I listen to Kiss, I really believe Kiss when he's spitting. Make you feel like you're there. I listen to Jeezy, I really believe Jeezy. Make you feel like you're there. Benny has that, but you got to switch that cadence, baby. So especially when you when you call in Jermaine, you got to flip the cadence. You got to give me something better. You got to get into your bag. I used to have Benny as my number one guy out of Griselda. Used to go back and forth with Conway. But then I seen Conway spazzed a little bit. Conway spazzed on the joint with Juicy J. Conway spazzed on the joint with uh, J.I.D. and Ludacris. You know, know, it's just that flow and the the cadence. The bars is there, but the way it sounds over the beat, it's one of the reasons why Jay-Z is the greatest of all time. The flow, the wittiness, the cadence, being able to hit different pockets in the beats that, that the average person wouldn't be able to hit, that's why we consider him the greatest. So if we want to put Benny up there in that category where he just running through people on features, because that newness wears off, right? That that y'all y'all brought back this gritty sound and you know everybody because we haven't heard it in a long time. So we we, we real excited about Griselda. Oh man, they bring it, they bring it something from the '90s back. You know, we we we, we feeling this. Yeah, but you can't give me the same cadence. Don't give me the same cadence. Give me, give me, give me something more. And I've and I've heard him done do it before. He just doesn't do it enough. So for that alone on this track, and you know the overall, you know the overall whatever technicality, his his content is gonna be his content. I'm not expecting anything from Benny. I'm not expecting anything different from Pusha T. 
You know, these guys' content is going to be their content. To me, it's about how creative can you get with it. You got to give it to us in different ways. Because if you rapping about Pyrex and scales, that's cool. You talking about the pain? How you going to give it to me? You got to package it up different. You can't present it to me the same way. And he did on this track. And it's, it's, it's a nice verse. It's a fire verse. But Jermaine got him. Jermaine got him. And Jermaine got it for anybody. For anybody. Even the guy that you want to name. Jermaine got it for him too. I'm just waiting on it. I'm just waiting on it. Another music news. Uh, Kanye West has announced Donda 2 to be uh, executive produced by Future. Uh, release date as of now tentatively uh, February is it February 22nd, 2022? I think so. Yeah. 22222. Two, two, two. I think is he dropping now. We all know Kanye with dates. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Right? Interested to see what it's going to be about. I know he's going through a lot right now. Uh, stuff, you know, uh, for him to go on stage and to announce that he uh, wants his women back, he show is doing, you know, he's doing like weird stuff to get her back. Doing the whole stuff, blasting the guy that she with, potentially spreading false rumors about the guy. Uh, what else is he doing? He's um, <laughs> he's uh, bringing up the sex tape stuff with Ray J again. I, it's just weird talking about talking about his kids or parenting style. It's just a weird way if you're trying to get your woman back. Just a weird way. You, you out here with the the chick from um. What's the Adam Sandler movie? Uh, the jewelry movie. Julia Fox. You out here with that with that uh uncut gems. You out here with her. And you got the, you know, the cameras and they, they showing and you know, obviously you calling people to take pictures of this, right? To put it out. So for whatever reason, I don't know. All this shit can be a game to me. I don't know. But it's just it's just odd. It's just odd to see uh one of the world's greatest musicians. Go through these shenanigans because I've always felt like he was uh, above this. But what do I know? Uh, so um, Donda 2, cool. Expecting that to come whenever. And, uh, yeah, J. Cole watched Benny. No disrespect to Benny, my guy, but, you know, you're going up against Jermaine. Uh, one of the last things I wanted to touch on, um, we're going to do it uh, as a segment. We call this segment The Large Picture where we – wrap up the show with a somewhat important topic, right? So I wanted to use uh, this time, this segment to give insight um, to something that I feel is uh, very, very important. So uh, this week we will be discussing um, Kevin Gates and the mental health of black men. Um, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Gates recently went on to the Big Facts podcast where he shared a story about a fan intervening in what could have been a suicide attempt for him. So uh, my apologies if this gets a bit heavy. Um, but I feel like this topic is very important 
and uh, we're going to dig into it right now, is a clip from Kenna on the Big Facts Podcast. Something on this interview that I never said before. December 12th, December 10th through the 12th was the hardest for me this year because I was at, when I disabled my Instagram, mm -hmm. I had went, this is my first time ever speaking about this publicly. I had put on Twitter all my friends and my family for getting out my teachers. I love you all. It's over with. See, I don't do the, man, I'm about to kill myself. And I don't want no attention. Right. I'm about to, hey, we about to, hey, we, I'm going to get this. I don't do no horse plan. That's horse plan. Yeah. When you talk about it, I was going to, you know, the way of the samurai. Just smash myself because I was to the point I didn't want to live no more. That last video I had posted mm. when I was holding my daughter, rocking her. I did a birthday in Cabo in Mexico. I did all of that. I made sure that she had the first, the best birthday ever. I was just holding. I knew that was my last time seeing her. This was this past December? Not this December, but the December before, oh, before that. that. This December okay. marked the anniversary of that. Gotcha. So real quick, uh, Kevin Gates is talking about him feeling so depressed or out of it that he, in his head, planned his own self transition for lack of better lack of a better term. Uh let's keep listening. That though. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. The world the world was already beat the world out as men, especially as a provider, a lot of men don't speak about this, but a lot of men suffer in silence also. Right. When you mm -hmm. when you a provider and you and you and you a real, real provider, but you already unhappy, and you not feeling like you being celebrated in a proper manner. You feel like you only being tolerated. Like a lot of people be like, why certain men don't go home? Like when I was in the streets, I used to hate going home because I, I feel like it's cool, but I ain't welcome there. Cause it don't feel embracing when I go home. It's like y'all yeah. act like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Thanks. And a lot of men suffer from that and not knowing that it's okay to have your man cave. You have to go in your solitude and have your time for yourself in order for you to release. Because yeah. we, we so busy being tough and harboring all these resentment and emotions and all yeah. the shit we deal with, you know what I'm saying, to where it's just that pressure was on top of my head. I was like, man, I quit. I he made a lot of um, a lot of interesting points in that brief in that brief two minutes, he made a lot of interesting points. Uh, what I took from that before we dive into the rest is he was having a tough time dealing with whatever reality of his life he's dealing with. Maybe it's the fame. Maybe it's the pressures that come with that. Maybe he f he's felt he isn't being loved correctly. And your mind can start to wander. Um, I'm glad he's openly talking about this. I, I, I'm so glad that brother is still here with us. And I hope that he um, continues to do the work on himself to get to a better mental space to where he feels he doesn't have to take that route. But what he's speaking about, a lot of us go through. And before we get into this last part, he talks about the fan interaction. Before we get to the la this last part, I want to specify this particular episode, this particular topic, this is solely for the eyes 
in the ears of black men. This is for everyone to listen to, but this is solely for black men. I want you to listen to this. I want you to take this in. I want you to digest this. And it is my hope, by even if it's a little bit, by the end of this, we'll have some understanding that it's okay to have these conversations. Not, not that it's just okay. It's necessary to have these conversations because a lot of us struggle with different forms of this, different forms of depression, doubt. Nobody knows what it's like to be a black man in this country except other black men. And that's okay to say. Hey, this is an all-inclusive podcast. If you know Vaughn, you know I'm super inclusive. But in this particular episode, there's going to be episodes where this only pertains to this community. This only pertains to this community. This is for this community. I'm talking about right now, outside of, every, regardless of anybody else, this message is for black men because a lot of us need this help. It is okay to have these conversations. Hey, it is okay to go out to therapy. It is okay to seek, seek help, to talk to your friends when stuff gets hard. It's okay. You don't have to wear that weight of the world. I know previous generations have told us, hey, man, don't cry. Don't show no emotion. That's a weakness. That's just not how you operate. Our bodies, uh, we're just not designed that way. It's so many of us holding in our emotions, not dealing with stuff. You wonder why folks blow somebody's head off when, when if, you, if you raise an eyebrow at them the wrong way or step on their sneakers accidentally. You ready to kill somebody. You got so much pent-up aggression. You don't know what, what to deal with the trauma, how to, how to deal with the trauma that you experienced. A lot of us resort to violence or shutting out. And unfortunately, some of us resort to what Kevin is speaking about. But hopefully, we can start to find a path to move forward and be good. Listen to this last part. God worked through people. I'm walking out the gym. White boy walked up on me. You know, kind of big. I see him in there like, he said, can I approach you? You know, when you about to do something gangster, but you be trying to be calm and smiling. You know, that's me. Like, I, I kind of laugh through my pain and joke when yeah. I'm hurting, when I'm dying on the inside. So dude walked up on me. He like, uh, he like, man, your music the only thing make this crazy world make sense. I was like... Man, the world's a cruel place, man. Trust me, yeah. I know. I'm laughing, but I know you, what I'm you about, know to, what go you about to go do. Yeah. So he was like, "Man, I was worried about you because you had disconnected your Instagram and your Twitter. Like, like the world needs you because, man, it's like your music done kept me from committing suicide so many times." Mm. I say, "Listen, I swear to God, right now, I'm about to go push my shit out." Right now, I say you the only one I'm telling. Man, you know what that That's dude crazy. did? He cried mm -hmm. and he grabbed me. He say, "If you do that, so many people gonna take their own life, cause you all we got." That's what he told me. That's wild. He said you. Man, that's that's that in itself is heartbreakingly beautiful. I know. I know. It's probably. Weird term terminology, right? It's sad. It's sad to hear somebody say that. 
but it's beautiful that this man expressed that to him and let him know that he is valued, that he is loved, that he is cherished. Hey, sometimes that's all we need to hear, man. Sometimes as a black man in this country, all you want to hear is, hey, man, I know it's hard, but you're doing all right. You're going to be straight. Hey, chin up, bruh. You need to talk to somebody? I do that with all my guys, bro. Hey, I do that folks who I'm not even the closest to, especially my guys. My guys will tell you, if we communicate on a consistent basis, I'm checking in with you if I ain't heard from you. Hey, man, what's going on? Everything straight with you? There's people watching this now who, who will vouch for that. Yeah, they'll tell you. Everything going on? How your family doing? You good? Everything straight? I do that with folks at work. Because I understand the importance of that. Because I, I often look for that. I look to, man, Joe, the, the realities of, of life can be a bit much. And that's it, it exactly, well, I won't say exactly because I'm not in his headspace, but that seems like that's what Kevin was going through, Kevin Gates was going through. It's interesting though, right? Because imagine, imagine if that interaction happened and he his, that, that fan was one of those asshole tr- troll moms. Like the dude who called uh, 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 Jeremiah bitch-ass Usher. You know what I mean? Imagine that. Imagine if Kevin had a bad interaction with that fan. It changes the course of stuff, right? That golden rule shit to start really like 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 to seem real. Treat others the way you want to be treated. It starts to seem real. But the fact that he was bottling up that inside, that hurt. Man, that hurts to hear. I, I, me being a person who loves to reach out to people, to check in, uh, to, 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 to try to be an ear for folks, that hurts to hear that, man, that that man felt like he didn't have anyone in his life at the time to talk to. I'm glad he had that interaction. I'm glad he's openly discussing this. I'm sure people have reached out to him. I'm sure. Hey, Gates, we love you, bro. You important to the culture. But more so than that, you value because you a black man, brother. And I hope and pray that you continue to grow. If you need help, you seek it. You get exactly what you're looking for. And you continue to be that voice for the next person that's going through what Kevin Gates was going through. I wish I wish to just wrap my arms around that brother. And all of all of us who go through this. Like I said, specifically, black man, this is for you. We we concern ourselves with so much, our women, our kids, other people's businesses, whatever. We don't have much that is solely for us. Without judgment that's coming to it. I know some cats who don't don't like to relax because they don't want people to see them relaxing. Or they go home and with their wives and they scared to 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 chill around their wives because they 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 don't they don't want to cause whatever. 
I've heard stories. I done seen it. I done seen it, bro. And I see so many people talking about it now. And such it's such a, a beautiful thing, this this expression that we have. I see people on, online talk about it. I see people being vulnerable with their partners, being vulnerable with their kids, trying to heal stuff from past relationships or family relationships or being vulnerable with their parents, trying to grow. That's where we should be at. So I pray for Kevin Gates, man. I'm glad he's still here. I hope whatever demons he's battling, he uh, he figures it out. And I pray for every single black man going through the same thing. Black man, this is solely for you. This is yours. So please take it. And that's the large picture. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first episode. Um, I appreciate you uh, going on this ride with me. Uh, we're going to be doing this weekly. Um, if you got any ideas for topics, comments, I'm thinking about setting up a little voicemail box where people can call in and leave their voicemails. I play them. We go over topics that way. Tell me if there's some serious stuff you want to get discussed. Tell me if you want to call in. We can set that up, too. I'm, I'm always down for that. I'm always down to do a little back and forth, difference of opinion or debates or whatever. Keep me posted. I appreciate all of you for tuning in. Thank you so much as we try to build uh, a platform for us to be ourselves. This is Javon Berry. This is The Large Picture. Peace.